Segunda Show. Hey, I'm Morty from All Day Soccer, and you are listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. I am your host, Andras Jones, and we're doing a pretty interesting experiment with this episode of Radio 8 Ball. First of all, the Oracle fodder is being provided by not just one musical guest, but all of the musical guests in the history of Radio 8 Ball who are housed in the Radio 8 Ball app that we are using as the Oracle Fodder for our musical divinations. And depending upon when you're listening to this, you'll be able to download that app for free from the Google Play Store or from iTunes for your Apple device. And for the questions, I have gathered several members of the Wild Honey Orchestra. At first, we, we took musical divinations from several of the members at Starburn Studios in Burbank, but we had a couple of spots left and a couple of people we really wanted to get on the show, and so we are now joined, it is now February 28th, in the middle of the day, around noon, and we are joined on the line by Probin Gregory. Probin, welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Thanks, Andres. Happy to be here. Now, you are, and we've had a member of the string uh, section, the vocal section, the keyboard section, two drummers. You are pretty much in all of the sections. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't play strings, but I used to be in charge of the wind, but now I'm just a member of the winds. I, that, that, uh, the, the who's in charge is a revolving chair right now. But I have, yes, I have a long association with Wild Honey in various roles. I think of you as the definition of the multi-instrumentalist. So first of all, to, to get people up to speed, like several members, uh, several people who have been a part of this already, Nelson Bragg, Debbie Sher, you are a member of the Brian Wilson band. That's correct. And as among many others. And in that role, people who are familiar with Brian Wilson and the, the album Smile, there's a lot of instruments there's a lot of instruments that, the, that, that those songs require, and you play a lot of them. That's that, true. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to be in the Brian Band during the when Smile was being made, and several of us played multiple instruments on that album, but um, I did happen to play a whole bunch, that some of which I didn't normally play, like Dobro, or I think I had a pedal steel lick in there. Um, Pieces of sheet metal, which is, could have been done by anyone, but happened to have been done by me. Well, <laughs> again, maybe could have been done by anyone, but that is, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that uh, when, you may not know this, but when people talk about you, Proven, one of the things they say is that you can give this guy anything and he can play it. And 
I mean, I think that's part of that most multi-instrumentalist thing. So can you tell us what all the instruments you are that you played on the Brian on the Smile record are for just one example to give listeners an idea of the breadth of your instrument oh my knowledge? God. I don't even remember. I, I know I loaned my tuba to the uh, bass trombonist of the Stockholm Strings and Horns so that he could record that. So I didn't play the tuba, but I you could have. the instrument. I, I could have, and um, I also played trombone, but again, and Smile, that was taken over by an, an, a dedicated trombonist. So what did I play? A trumpet, flugelhorn, French horn, guitar, 12-string. Even on one section, there was a hole where people, we were trying to do Smile, a lot of parts of that were done live in, at Sunset Sound in the studio. So I had to rush over and play briefly a piano part that otherwise Darian would have played. Um, but I, you know, I only put piano as an aside because I was only just a, a, a brief thing. I played uh, one of those old quiz rings from the 60s that you blow into and it goes, woo! Yeah. That was, that was on there. Um, you know, I can't even remember all the instruments I played, but I mean, it, it wasn't an inexhaustible list. It's pretty, it sounds like it's inexhaustible, like you're, we're having trouble exhausting it. Um. <laughs> well, I, I have, someone once asked me in an interview how many instruments that I had made money playing and the answer is 39 different instruments which makes me wonder so what are the instruments that you'll only play for free <laughs> uh well i generally I, I was gonna say i sing for free because i you know i sing around the house or sing forever yeah. i mean i'll of course i'll do stuff for free you know in essence the wild honey thing we all donate our, our time and our skills to uh you know raise money for various charities over the years and at the moment it's the autism think tank well that's a good segue into your association with wild honey how long have you been playing with the wild honey orchestra well this is it's funny that you say that we i my first uh i don't remember what year it was it might have been 1993 i'm trying to remember the exact year we did the first wild honey show which was actually at the house of paul rock and some other roommates of his whom i knew at the time um and I think that the, that was a Beach Boys theme for that one, although there may have been other bands represented. I'm not exactly sure. That was a long time ago, and then it moved over in the mid-'90s to the Morgan Wixon Theater in Santa Monica, and all sorts of bands were celebrated. The Hollies, The Who, The Kinks. And finally, there was one for Brian Wilson, and, and um, Brian appeared at his, own, at his own tribute and played at it, which was sort of odd, but great. I mean, it was fantastic that he came with some people, and he saw... I was with uh, Wonderman and maybe some other people, but mainly the Wonderman. They Brian took note of our performances of Surf's Up and our prayer and leave me to this whole world. Uh, and then we stayed on his radar, and it was time to form the Brian Wilson Band. A few years later, we got a call to come and audition, and we made it. And you know, the, most of the Wonderman's guys have been in the been in that band ever since which is geez are we at 19 years now i think we are beautiful absolutely beautiful and for people who aren't familiar with the wonderments well it's one of the many tributaries of wild honey and this scene that you should if you love this music if you love brian wilson you probably are aware of the wonderments to some degree whether or not you're aware of them because it's through through you all that kind of that we got smile and that it was done with so much grace and that it that Brian Wilson's smile existed in a way that really did to the best it was possible put a bow on 
what was an, a, a major unfinished chapter in rock and roll history. I mean, yes, we were very fortunate and very honored to be part of that. I mean, some of the people, like Darian and I, pretty much met because he was at a club and I saw that he had a Smile t-shirt on and I didn't know him at all. I went up to him and I said, where did you get that shirt? I have to get one. He said, well, I, I, I still screened it myself. I can make you one. So he started talking and became chummy and uh, you know we, we were friends first and then the band well they, the band existed I was sort of a, a late arrival and sort of a um, hitchhiker as it were <laughs> in the wonderment but um, anyway it was but it was Nick and, and Darren and I really bonded over Beach Boys our love of the deep Beach Boys tracks so to be able to be part of the renaissance of Brian and help him overcome that hurdle that he needed to overcome to finish what I mean, I call it Smile 2004 because he might have done something different the year before, right? Or the year after, in terms of sequencing or, or things added or not. But um, you know, he got together with Van Dyke, and Darian was the musical secretary, and they they got it all done. That was a long time ago. My son says mm -hmm. that was 2004 was that's right, Finn. It was many years ago. And so anyway, tell Finn um, thanks yeah, for so me. We were very lucky to be part of the Smile excursion, and um, it, it luckily was met with, you know, a critical um, acclaim for for Brian. And we were just the ones implementing his ideas, which are, I mean, that the, the wow. We, I remember once being over at Darian's house and, and comparing Smile cassettes, and we were there until like one in the morning. We couldn't stop focusing on it. It was it's just so. It's such a glorious piece of work. And is this before all? Like, when was the the cassette listening session? Was that when you met and were fans of Smile, or while you were working on it? Probably in the eighties, I would say. Probably the late eighties that happened. I think Dominic Priori was there too. God, oh my God, this is I love this. This is gold. Wow, what a! And I'm so glad. This is this is one of the ideas that I had for this was. The people I'm focusing on inviting to this are the people who are really the like yourself, the musician, the the sort of musicians who are part of these bands who make up this Wild Honey Orchestra. And you scratch one of you and the stories that come out are really <laughs> phenomenal. The idea of sitting around with you and Darian and Dominic Priori nerding out on Smile like so many of us who are pop fans have done with that record and, and others like it. And to know that out of that comes the resurrection of the album. It's a, it's yeah, we a could have never guessed that would be in our future. And as I say, we were honored and blessed. It was just, you know, unbelievable that we were able to be part of that effort. Yeah, it's a music nerd's dream. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so, and then bringing it into to the most recent Wild Honey. Now, you didn't mention banjo as one of your instruments, but you played banjo on... Kind of the Wonderments, Brian Wilson band with Susan Cowsill version of Sit Down, I Think I Love You. Oh, actually, I was on, I was on mandolin on that song. Oh, no, you were on uh, banjo on Bluebird. Sorry. Yes. And then I, there's been other times I think I played banjo at Wild Honey shows. I mean, I'm, I'm an okay banjo player. I don't really frail. I'm not your bluegrass sort of banjo player. But I can, like, I can play cabinets. I've done that with Brian. And, uh, you know, uh, Little Bird as a banjo. And, um, you know, wherever it crops up over the years and there hasn't been a, a proper banjo player along, I'll take up the sword and see what I can do. <laughs> do 
did you have a particular association with Buffalo Springfield before this event? Uh, yes, in as much as, I mean, I love the band. I, should, I had all the albums when I was a kid, although some of the deep tracks were, were not that well known to me. Like when they got to the show, uh, there were some songs that, I, that were being played. I'm like, wow, I don't even remember that song. And yet, I, Neil Young was my first hero. So when, like, in, when his solo albums were out, from Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere onward, I was a, I was a major fan. And he's the only person that I've ever had a uh, poster of on the ceiling over my bed, which sounds weird. It should have been, you know, like Sarah Fawcett or someone. Instead, it was this gaunt, solo, Neil Young person looking rather unhappy on stage, which, of course, fed right into my teenage angst. So, <laughs> You know, my, my embarrassing one like that, that should have been, I guess, should have been Farrah Fawcett or someone like that, was Dr. J. <laughs> I had Dr. J <laughs> doing this massive flying through the air dunk. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess we're we're getting up to the place where it's time to ask your question to the Pop Oracle. But gosh darn it, Proben, I could uh, I really this this uh, this whole episode with all of you wild honeyers, I feel like it's turning into this sense of a pitch for a documentary that needs to be made because this the stories <laughs> it's, it's like the standing in the shadows of motown or uh, like the uh-huh. these these films about the wrecking crew the people who are who go from session to session to session to session and maybe aren't in any band but are in all of the bands uh sure wow you're just i i i i would love to just do a three-hour conversation about your your travels. But that's not the format of the show. The format of the show is that we invite our guests to ask uh, the questions, and then we pick a song at random, in this case from the Radio 8 Ball app and all the bands that ever performed on Radio 8 Ball in the history of the show. And uh, I'm, I'm sort of uh, taking a long time to preface this because I know you didn't have a lot of time to think of your question, and I want to give you as much time as possible to prepare. See, I do. I have thought of my question. Oh, good. It's not the question that uh, that uh, we had before, which I'll even say if you wish me to. No, well, that's fine. No, no, no. Go for the question that you want that you want to ask. Proben Gregory, what is your question for the Pop Oracle? All right, I have a preamble to my question, and that is this: uh, the question I was going to ask was, why are there guns? But that's so open-ended and kind of amorphous. I thought that I just just now, my son was building a dragon out of various parts. It actually looks great. I wish I could show it to you. Um, you can take a picture, and we'll put it in the blog. Because I believe, I actually am one of those people that believe that Sasquatch really existed. He may, he may not, he or she may not be alive anymore. So my question to the Oracle is, did dragons ever exist? Did dragons ever exist? And now, to engage the Pop Oracle... We are going to shake the Radio 8 Ball app and see what the answer is. All right, I threw a brand new one I just learned. It's a folk song. All the rest of these songs I wrote, but this one is probably 100 years old at least. I ride an old paint and I lead an old band. I'm going to Montana for to throw the hula hand. They feed in the coolies, they water in the draw. Their tails are all matted and their
their backs are all wrong. Right around, little doggies, right around, real slow for the fiery and the snuffy, are raring to go. Old Bill Jones had a daughter and a son. The son went to college and the daughter went wrong. His wife got killed in a pool room fight. Still he keeps singing from morning till night Right around, little doggies, right around Real slow for the fiery and the snuffy Are raring to go When I die, take my saddle from the wall Put it on my pony, lead him out of the stall Tie my bones to his back Point our faces to the west And we'll ride the prairies We love the best Ride around, little doggies Ride around, real slow For the fiery and the snuffy Are raring to go What was the name of that song, Sam, man? That song is called I Ride an Old Paint. And that was Sandman, the rapping cowboy, Chris Sand, with I Ride an Old Paint, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on July 8th, 2009 in Seattle. And that was the answer to Probin Gregory's question, did dragons ever really exist? And uh, Probin... Uh, you you have some ideas about that as the answer to your question? Well, I, I think it's sort of funny that when, when I think about dragons, one of the first things I think about is um, that they're fire-breathing. And um, this song was written by Johnny Cash, who was perhaps best known for down, down, down in a burning ring of, insert, fire. theme here, fire. And um, there's also in the lyrics of the song, uh, the, there's a chorus, right around little doggies, right around slow, the fire and a snuff. Is it snuff? I can't quite make it out. Actually, The fiery and the snuffy are raring to go. Right, whatever that means. But it does mention fire again. Yeah, and snuffy. The same like... theme in there. And also, and I can't remember which movies it is, someone rides dragons around, you know, maybe not leading them, but is hanging onto their neck. Like, um, well, there's Puff the Magic Dragon, that song, too. The kid makes friends with the, mm-hmm. the fire-breathing dragon. He may not be riding him in the song, but... Um, uh, it just it brought me to that image of the person rider you know the I ride an old paint so he's riding an old old horse I can't remember what the paint means if yeah. that's an Appaloosa or what sort of horse that is but uh, I'm, now I'm trying to think of well part of my question was did dragons ever exist dragons themselves sort of embody a kind of a mythos there they may not it doesn't almost matter if they if they truly existed in their physical form as a psychic emblem they're important as something that could be either scary but all-powerful and out of control guarding you know as myth would have it guarding their hordes of gold um it, it has a sort of a primeval aspect to it that that it speaks to something in the unconscious so that has existed for centuries, or we wouldn't have had them in, you know, in Harry Potter or, or older myths, Parsifal or Fafnir, going back as far as um, 
where did Fafnir come from? Wagner's ring cycle? I can't remember. Anyway, so the dragon has existed for a long time, and uh, so has the old paint. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I'm, not, no, I'm not sure. I'm not no, sure where this I'm is, going with this. This is great. No, you totally. You get. You're right. You dove right into the format. This is exactly how we play it. You know, it's just we're just looking for the synchronicities in the song. Now, there were a few things that I thought of. First of all, I did when I did a little research just while the song was playing. Uh, it came up to me the the lyrics that Sandman's doing are actually the Woody Guthrie lyrics. So I think. Uh, ah. I. Th- think at least you know as much as you can trust the internet on this johnny cash is doing a woody guthrie song when he does interesting Uh, i was not aware of that okay and then i and as we know wood burns wood burns (laughs) (laughs) well but then i was also thinking about the the old the old master painter the brian wilson song oh interesting old paint is in this uh, right, and I also couldn't help but think about Daryl Dragon, who is Captain from Captain and Tennille. Oh my God, you're totally right, and who I think Daryl had, had was actually in the was a touring Beach Boy for, or, or yeah. maybe even a recording Beach Boy for a little while in the early seventies. So the part, the, the funny thing for me is like when you're so you were talking about these mythical figures, and to many of us, Brian Wilson and the Smile Record, and Dominic and Darian. And now we're finding out you are part of this mythological story in rock and roll. <laughs> and so regardless of whether Dragon, you know, we, the, the motto of the show is questions answered, answers questioned. It's not so much that we're going to get in, you know, we're not scientists or archaeologists. We're not going to be able to tell you about the proof of whether or not dragons existed, but where we just sort of look at how the, the randomness reflects on where the question's coming from. The, the mythology that you're a part of asserted itself through this song. And there's just this, they're always, they're always struck me as this, somehow the myth of the Beach Boys and the myth of the West it feels like it got all mixed up in the heads of a lot of the, the pop music and uh, the listeners, uh, the, a lot of the, the, especially like the English musicians who came over. They, when, when the Beatles, I think of the Beatles on the, the, the pictures that they did for Revolver, and there's so much in this back and forth between them and the Beach Boys production-wise, and to them, that somehow is mixed up in the cowboy mythos. And then I feel like Brian Wilson also bring, weaves that into his later work. And even though there's nothing country or cowboy in the sense of like Buffalo Springfield about the beach boys, there is something about the myth of the old West that somehow connects with them. And I'm, I still don't, I can't even put my finger on it exactly, but do you have that experience? I I mean, you take heroes and villains, which is one of their last hits from the time when Brian was in complete command of his faculties before the breakdown. Um, that, even though Van Dyke, I think, had a hard, had a big time in the, the sort of the Americana bent of those lyrics, there is something about that theme. I mean, Cabin Essence, too, the Old West, yeah. the driving of the, of the, the spike in the, the, the coolies working on the railroad, making the transcontinental railroad again in the old Wild West. It's funny, my son and I were just watching Tumbleweeds, an old Western by William S. Hart. The other oh, night, wow. and there's that, that, that scene where the homesteaders are all lined up they're going to give away all the land to whoever can get there first, and the cannon fires, and they're going as fast as they can, and the wagons are turning over, and there's someone on a, 
and that the hay, uh, the farthing halfpenny old bicycle, you know, with the big wheel in the front, like the prisoner. Uh, and and they're going across the prairie trying to get to their little bit of land, or they're going to stake their claim. Anyway, it's just funny that I just happened to be watching that last night. Um, yes, there's this, this. You're right. There's this old west theme that it has recurred in Beach Boys songs, and that of course fills right in with the the old paint of that of that song and the the horse, the the image of the the uh, maybe not the cowboy, but the horse rider. Oh, and you know what? Well, it, there is something there. I mean, first of all, it's West, and they are the the West Coast. But Sandman's name is the Sand is Sand Chris Sand Sandman, and okay. So the beach and the desert, the prairie, they both come out of this. I think when you're on the East Coast or you're in Liverpool or wherever you are, living on concrete or living in a colder place, and you imagine a hot, dusty place, whether it's the beach or the prairie where the Old West supposedly takes place, mm-hmm. when you see it, it's sunny, it's sand, it's mm-hmm. not almost desert, but not quite. Right. And it's sear, it's dry, which right. reminds me of the fire from the dragon, right. that of course burns everything, scorches it, and makes it sear and dry. There's no moisture anymore. <laughs> this is fun. This is why you're... I, 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 I'm just now. I'm uh, now. I'm going to do some, uh, you know, backseat psychologizing. But I have to okay. imagine that because some people don't take to this format quite as easily as you do, and I have to think that there's something about the session man mentality that allows you to just drop into somebody else's craziness. Because uh, to the for listeners, <laughs> you weren't very well. I didn't prep you very well for this. And so you didn't really know what was going on. And for a lot of people, they'll come to, when they're not, they don't know, you can hear that they're nervous or skeptical. But you just, you dropped into this, I'm sure, like you drop into the sessions that you're, okay, this is the craziness of the day. Okay, okay. Well, I can play right. synchronicity just like I can play any other instrument. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that to a certain extent, that's true. When when I when I do a session, I I, I come in and I never know what's going to happen. Like I did one the other day, and I was pretty sure it was going to be the engineer and me, who was an old friend of mine, and we would just be working on the client stuff with just him and me, going over the one or two ideas that the client had, and then we would add our own thing on. And in fact, the whole band was there, including the main architect of the band, and they were leading the session, which is fine. I, I was happy with that. But just like you roll with the flow, as that old Mike Nesmith song, you just roll with the flow wherever it goes, and it's rolling out of here. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's a great that's a great end to this pop oracle session, Proben. Um, we got a little song out of you, and that makes me very happy. <laughs> Plus, we got to drop a Daryl Dragon on this, which also makes me real happy. And- it it occurs to me that, and also this this was fun. So it was as if you rearrange the letters of dragon, you would have the words no drag. So this was no drag to do this. No drag whatsoever. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio Eight Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. 
And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wayball Show. It's a good show. <laughs>